This week's TribCast is sponsored by UT Arlington's commitment to excellence keeps Texas strong with highly skilled graduates for the Texas workforce and life-changing research. Find out more at uta.edu. And Texas 2036, building long-term data-driven strategies to secure Texas's prosperity through our bicentennial and beyond. Find out more at texas2036.org. Hello and welcome to the Texas Tribune Tribcast for January 27th, 2023. My name is Matthew Watkins, Managing Editor of News and Politics at the Tribune. This week I'm joined by our criminal justice reporter, Jolie McCullough. Hey, Jolie. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. So this week we are going to talk about solitary confinement in Texas prisons. Um, on January 9th, prisons across, prisoners across Texas launched a mass protest against the state's solitary confinement policies telling prison officials that they won't eat until the state's use of, pra- of the practices are reformed. An activist helping them organize estimated that 300 men being held in solitary had signed on to the protest. By Thursday, that number of strikers, at least who had maintained it nonstop, had gone down to one, according to TDCJ, although others seem to have eaten, taken breaks, and started, started again. At the same time, we've seen a lawsuit coming from death row inmates in the state this week, um, basically challenging the state's use of solitary confinement, uh, putting the focus on a procedure that the UN Human Rights uh, standards say, you know, more than 15 days in solitary confinement is torture. In Texas, according to Jolie's story, more than 500 people have been in solitary confinement for at least a decade. Jolie, before we kind of get into the the, the re- most recent developments on this, can you just tell us what, how does someone end up in solitary confinement in, in, in a Texas prison? Yeah, so there's multiple ways. Um, and one of the, the big ones will we'll talk about today, obviously, death row. Um, Automatically, if you are sentenced to death, you are put into solitary confinement um, and you are kept there until you are executed or, you know, the courts reverse your sentence, whatever, whatever may happen. Um, But you are put there until your sentence is is finished. Um, Other reasons that the Texas prison system puts people into solitary is for people who are um, deemed flight risks, if there have been escape attempts, things like that. They they put people in solitary if they have serious rule violations, if they've been extremely assaultive, um, and they're they're considered a you know a safety threat. And then the big one is if you are a gang member. Um, so prisons, and it's pretty well known, right? Prisons are they have gangs uh, often split by race, right? Like there's the Aryan Brotherhood, there's Latino Kings, there's the Crips and the Bloods, there's there's just gangs throughout prisons and that's just a fact of life. Um, what this has been trying to get to, I guess, is why, why people, people are now asking why they're put in solitary for being in a gang, um, even if they've had no behavioral issues, even if they've been aside from, you know, having been now confirmed as a gang member, possibly by a tattoo or any, you know, by being named by other people, um, even if they've been a model inmate in any other regard, they are now kept in solitary indefinitely for often, as you said, years and decades. 
So yeah, I, I want to read just a, a paragraph from one of your stories recently about this. He says, you say on death row, men are shut alone in small cells between 22 hours and 24 hours a day, often violating the state's own policies on how often they are let out, the lawsuit uh, says. This is citing the lawsuit filed in the case. On good days, they can take a shower or go outside for an hour alone in a cage. More often, due to short staffing, they spend their day sitting on on a metal bed, listening to the echoing voices of other prisoners and guards through steel doors and concrete walls. If they roll up their thin mattresses to stand on, prisoners have said they can peek out the narrow window slits at the top of their cell walls to see the sky. So, I mean, what you're painting here is a pretty grim picture of life. And I mean, it seems as though the research has shown that this can have pretty serious psychological effects on people. Just tell us a little bit about what it means to be held in conditions like this for weeks, months, years, decades. Yeah, so this is something that is actually shifting in public opinion, I think, recently. Um, just as more and more people become aware of kind of what incarceration looks like in the United States often. Um, solitary, you know, people hear of it in TV shows, like they got sent to the shoe, um, you tend to think of it in in the general world, outside world, I guess, as something that's short term as like you put them in solitary for a day and they're already going crazy. Like you see that in sitcoms or whatever drama TV shows. Um, and it's really drawing a lot more attention, though, just from psychiatrists, from corrections officials, from um, human rights, uh, you know, coalitions that this is something that even short term being put in this type of isolation where you really you have you don't have TV, you don't have really any other anything to really occupy your mind except for your own thoughts. And these are often people that already have mental illness or some sort of some sort of situation going on. They're in prison and have likely experienced some sort of trauma or have inflicted some sort of trauma and they're stuck alone with their mind. Um, it's been, and the research is coming out more and more of just how damaging this is, especially for, and this is the argument that doesn't fit with the death row population, but, you know, almost everyone who is sent to prison eventually comes out of prison. And that's what I think that the people are starting to really trying to reconcile with is when we're putting people into these situations for years, decades, um, most often they're getting out at some point. And then what kind of person are we bringing back out into the world. And that's the thing that even, you know, TCJ, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice is, is recognized, right? Like they're saying, we're trying to minimize the use of solitary confinement. They have stopped using it um, for like actual punitive measures, which was a small population. They used to have maybe a hundred people in for a few, for a few days. They don't do that anymore. Now they really only do the long-term solitary confinement which obviously has bigger repercussions on someone's well-being, but they're saying the reasons why we're doing this is because we have to for safety reasons. It's not because we're punishing someone. It's because they're a threat to the safety of the institution. But yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was, that, that, was going to say that's, a, that's an interesting point that I really wanted to key on is that I think a lot of people, as you said, view this, you know, from watching Orange is the New Black or prison shows is right. you get in trouble in prison, you go to solitary. But I mean, you know, even the reason that death row inmates are on it is 
was was in reaction to an escape attempt right is that this is and and of course the gang issue as well they seem to be doing it to try to keep gang members away from each other for organized crime more of a trying to manage the security of the prison than um than punish people for 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 wrongdoing and that is the policy right now i don't want to get into the argument of (laughs) are is each individual person in there i'm sure there are some people who maybe aren't really a threat but there's been something going on and some (laughs) and they're going to they're going to use the policy um but the policy is yes that they are not in there to be punished that they're put in there to protect the rest like this the prison society now what we're seeing is as this kind of becomes more and more well known we're seeing things like this lawsuit so there was a lawsuit filed in texas just on thursday and that's following um an, an, a lawsuit that happened that carried out in louisiana in 2021 well it ended in 2021 but it started a few years back but like there has been a lot more momentum here of you know as America kind of reckons with mass incarceration, like our mass incarceration problem. Um, there has been kind of a more scrutinized look at how we use solitary. Um, so I think that has encouraged more prisoner rights at ad- prison rights advocates to come forward and try to find ways to address this. Um, and you know, a big big hunger strike in California about a decade ago led to changes there for where California was keeping gang members in solitary indefinitely as well. And they came to, after a two month hunger strike with thousands and thousands of inmates, prisoner led litigation for years. Um, Eventually they came to a settlement agreement um, in 2015 to say, okay, we're not gonna put people in solitary just because we've confirmed you're in a gang. We're gonna put you in solitary because you're in a gang and you also assaulted this person as part of a gang you know on a gang order and so now you're in you're in solitary because you are actively you know you're coming against the safety of our unit um and so that changed in california and then in louisiana in 2021 we saw a settlement agreement again um where louisiana department of Corrections said okay yeah for death row inmates we're still going to keep you in this we're going to keep you in the same spot. You're mostly going to be in solitary, but you know, you're going to get communal lunches. You're going to get to eat lunch with other people on death row. Um, you're going to get, you know, several hours a week to be outside with other prisoners, not just sitting in a cage alone. You're going to get um, more access to education, um, to more programming, because that's the other thing in solitary. You don't have any chance and especially for people who are in there and eventually going to get out, there's no education programming. It's really just isolation. Um, so there's really, it's that's the thing I've been hearing a lot from the men who are part of this hunger strike is, you know, we know, like I I know I'm in prison. I'm not saying I'm, they're not saying they're innocent. Even, like obviously some innocent people are in prison, but these people are not saying they're innocent. They're just saying, they're not giving us any tools to better myself. and of like what happens when people get out like i like we're breaking them all right let's let's pause for a minute and hear from our sponsors ut dallas is home to 24 top 50 nationally ranked programs by u.s news and world report surprised find out more at utdallas.edu and 
J Prime Steakhouse. Eat, drink, celebrate. Come treat yourself to the best experience in town at J Prime Steakhouse. Visit jprimesteakhouse.com for more. Okay, so Jolie, you mentioned that TDCJ is not doing this solitary for punitive measures anymore. And you have reported about how the use of solitary has declined significantly over the years. 15 years ago, more than 9,000 prisoners housed in solitary at once, according to the state. Now that number, or at least late last year, that number was around 3,100, a little bit over 3,100. So, you know, almost a uh, two-thirds decline there. If it's not a punitive measure, what is keeping the state from shrinking that number even more? Well, I mean, and that's that's the it, policy. Policy is what's keeping them. I mean, obviously, people who are actively trying to escape all the time, like you have to have them under a lot more protection. Um, what that looks like, I mean, there are various ways to go about that. I've, and even the big population is gang members, right? Because gangs are very prominent in prisons. And uh, you know, I've talked to um, former prisoners. I've talked to prisoner, current prisoners. I've talked to a prison rights active um, advocate and you know, expert like a law professor who studies this stuff. And the proposals that the the men and the gangs who are asking for are pretty much match what happened in California. Um, and she says they're pretty reasonable. And the prisons policy of keeping gangs in solitary is, as you said, to keep them um, separated so that they can't, you know, we can't have organized crimes, we can't have gangs running the prisons. Um, she says there's definitely ways to keep people separated, like gang members separated without keeping them only in solitary. Um, so, I mean, it would definitely take big policy changes, but that's something that they are, you know, starving themselves for. Um, hoping to at least start the discussion of how we could do this, or at least as they've done, you know, raise public awareness, like, hey, these are, this is what's happening. We're not being put in solitary for a couple days because we got in a fight. We're being put in solitary for decades because, you know, I have a gang tattoo. Um, and it's just really drawing awareness to just what we're doing to the people who we are, eventually going to let back out of prison um and just how we how we can expect them to rehabilitate when we're kind of literally pushing them aside and forgetting about them so walk us through what is actually being asked for in this lawsuit and 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 by these hunger strikers yeah so they're different things so the, this is it's interesting and i asked the law because the lawsuit was filed on thursday and mm -hmm. I asked the attorneys, like, were they trying to pair it with this hunger strike? Because as you said, the hunger strikes started earlier this month mm -hmm. um, to pair up with the beginning of the legislative session. Um, they said, no, this is just like the they're not necessarily linked. And that's why I think is even more interesting, because it's just proving just how much of an issue this is becoming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, prisons rights um, discussions is just is the use of solitary and um, so hunger strikers, they are asking for, you know, what, don't put people in solitary only because you've confirmed that they're in a gang. Um, and so they're asking to change from this, quote, status based um, placement, meaning don't put me in here because I have a gang status attached to my file and changing it to behavior based, saying put me in solitary because I 
you know, beat someone up for X on because I was ordered to as part of this gang. And even when people are put in solitary, they're saying there needs to be firm guidelines and timelines as to when you will get out. Um, because right now, as, as I've said, people are put in solitary indefinitely. There's no, okay, you're put in solitary and you'll be out in 20 days if you're, if you act, if you're on good behavior, you can be, you, there's no, it, you just stay in solitary. Um, they're, they're brought up for review every so often, but, you know, as I've talked to prisoners and I've talked to um, this legal expert, uh, they kind of say those hearings are kind of just a procedure. They, they, they don't really usually take a hard look. Because essentially, if you still have the same gang tattoo, they're still going to consider you a gang member. Um, the, the reason that you can get out right now, and this is the big thing that, that the prison system says, is that gang members can get out if they go through this extensive program where they renounce their um, gang affiliation. And a lot of people do not want to do that because it usually requires you to name names. And so if you are going to be trying to get back into the general population by, you know, as they see it, snitching on a bunch of people, that's not generally... <laughs> Not you're, not really, you're not really you're not you're not feeling great about going back into the general population at that point um yeah. so a lot of people won't do that because they don't want to they don't want to be seen as snitches um and that's the way to get out right now so they're asking to say hey put us in if we're on, only based on our behavior and if we do go in get give set guidelines on how to get back out don't just put us there indefinitely and then on death row they're saying and it's a very different situation, but they're saying, because, you know, these are people who've been sentenced to death. Um, the average person who has been on death row right now has been there almost 18 years. And, you know, the, the minute these people are taken to the prison system, they are in solitary. That's just a mandatory placement for everyone who's on death row is to be in solitary. Um, and so this is these people are spending an average of 18 years without any contact aside from you know talking like a, a guard leading them to the shower um and I, it's it's really hard it's really hard to just imagine that right like tr regardless of how you feel in terms of like you don't want to feel empathy for someone who's on death row of course these are people who've been convicted of capital murder obviously that's the only way you can end up on death row um but just decades without human contact um and then they are asking for, we're only put here arbitrarily because of our sentence. Whereas there are also many people who um, in prison are convicted of capital murder and get life sentences and can be, and they are very often not in, um, in solitary. So they're saying that's arbitrary. So they're asking for, you know, what, not putting them in solitary solely because of their sentence. So that just started, obviously that lawsuit was filed Thursday. These things tend to move fairly slowly, <laughs> um, but it is a big, a fairly big law firm and a law firm that was involved in um, the Louisiana litigation as well. So that's, it's interesting to see that they are now moving to Texas. Just a logistical question here. How, how, 
you know, we're talking about hundreds of inmates when, when we're talking about the um, or kind of original people who began this hunger strike. Uh, I presume that not all of these are in the same um, uh, prison. And these are inmates who are presumably already in solitary confinement. How do how do they organize a hunger strike? Yeah, so a lot of this has been um, there is an independent activist and she in Wisconsin, uh, Brittany Robertson, and she has she speaks, she writes letters because people in solitary generally can't have phone access. Um, there's been a little bit of leeway with that during the pandemic, but pretty much you they have letters and now prisoners are more and more getting tablets um, where it's essentially like an email, but it still has to go through all the review. So it still takes several days. Um, but she's been in contact with dozens and dozens of uh, men in solitary for several years. They started asking her for some information on the California settlement. Um, and this has been, you know, about a year, more than a year that they've been, a, f- a few at different prisons have been kind of figuring out how to do this. Um, she's been sending them information. Um, they kind of agreed on a day. Uh, they sent out a packet with her saying, uh, you know, a group of men um, with her sending the paperwork for them to all the lawmakers and prison officials in October saying, hey, these are this is our proposal based on California litigation. Can you please respond? And they got no meaningful response. So they said, if you don't respond by three months, we are going to start this hunger strike. And that lined up with the beginning of the legislative session. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a lot. I mean, it requires the help of people on the outside, obviously, because prisoners are not allowed to directly contact each other. How much of this is a resources question? I mean, the other big lawsuit that got, has gotten a lot of, of attention over recent years was over the issue of air conditioning in prisons and how that may have constituted cruel and unusual punishment. And, you know, it seemed like the big resistance there was the state didn't want to spend the money on this. Is this if the prison system had more resources, do you think we would see this many people in solitary confinement? If we had more resources, having someone in solitary confinement is it takes a lot more resources, actually, because you have to have every time, you know, if you're in a dorm situation uh, and you have a day room, there's multiple prisoners in a single room. You're just supervising that room, whereas in solitary, if you if you and this is why it doesn't happen a lot to get someone in the shower, that takes hours and hours to go through the row like you have to go get someone you have to handcuff them you have to take them out of their cell you have to walk them to the shower you have to wait for them to shower you have to walk them back put them back in their cell unhandcuff them and that's just to take a shower same thing to go out for recreation to go out alone because they only they can only recreate alone guards have to take them directly to the recreation stand with them for that hour take them back um it's much more it's much more res- it's it's it takes a lot more resources because it's just one person who has to have i mean is supposed is supposed to have um two people on them at one at each time so it takes a lot more resources actually um for things like this to happen all right well that is all the time we have for today thank you to jolie and thank you justin our producer and thank you to our sponsors ut arlington texas 2036 ut dallas and J Prime Steakhouse. We'll talk to y'all next week. Do
Chuck, you knew 